look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. We've got a shortened show. We get to. We, it's kind of part time for us today. It's the sea of red versus the sea of green. Those Rough Riders are in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we well, can't say too much bad about the Rough Riders because you're be going to get hate mail. That's you know, right. We have staff that are from Saskatchewan. <laughs> they are going to beat me if They're I vicious. say this out loud. But the stamps are going to win. The stamps um, are going to win. So <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a good game today. And okay, so we're going to talk about um, today. There's we talk about um, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's a lot. There's an interesting uh, a doctor, at least I found very personally interesting because yep. of my circumstances. We're going to talk to today about uh, some of the risk factors um, that you can uh, work on to avoid these kinds of things, right? So you know my family is touched by this. Correct. Um, we have, as part of our health bucket, all done our genetic testing. Okay. The question I'm going to have is. The genetics, am I predisposed to this, or are there a bunch of lifestyle choices? nature or nurture? Yeah, I bet it's a combination of both, but I'm pretty darn sure that we're going to have some things that I can do differently to help improve that. So stick around for that. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find it very interesting, and I'm sure you will too. Let's talk about... um, Let's talk a little bit about this week, my friend. Any mm-hmm. interesting conversations you had? We had a volatility spike again. Roller coaster with a side of Pepto-Bismol, my friend. That was the recommendation I gave to every single client yep. who spoke to me is that this is going to be a roller coaster ride. And for those who don't have a, uh, a, a strong stomach, have that Pepto-Bismol oh. on the side because it's going to be volatile. We expect this. This is, um, again, we keep on saying it's normal. We, we This is in our models, and that's how we look at it. Um, what I found interesting, we met... I posted this on, on my social media. Uh, uh, and for those of you who would like to connect with me, Faisal Carmelia, on my Facebook or LinkedIn or, or, uh, or even on Instagram uh, and on Twitter, I've been, I've been posting about the reaction that people are having. And one reaction that we caught, and I talked about, let's call it 30 to 40 people over the last few days. Yes. Um, they, they came out and said basically that they were concerned right. when the markets go down. Um, not because the markets are down itself, but, but the impact of them, what, they, what goes through their mind. And one, one particular gentleman, uh, I think you were there when, when he was saying yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was saying that if my portfolio goes down, and let's say it went down 5%, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm making up this number. So his, his $1 million portfolio went down by $50,000, and he's saying, I'm spending $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I'm, I lost one year's worth of income. Right. So... That emotional impact. I had a conversation with another client of ours, and she said to me, um, I'm concerned. Do I have to go back to work? Right. Do I have to, uh, you know, let me know that I'm going to be okay or not, and should I start, you know, brushing up my resume and so forth. So these kind of um, conversations came up. Um, That that really worries me when that's the reaction on a 5% drop in the U.S. market. Um, or you're not seeing that growth that you were in, you were accustomed to over the last few years. Can, what are let, your thoughts about about yeah. that? Well, I want to jump in there because I want to go to the other end of it too. So we were doing some focus group meetings and talking to people about the impact, right? The psychology. So we see the math. You can look on a statement or you're online and you see it go up or down, whatever it's doing on any given day. And I found this very interesting because I asked specifically, what it, does your behavior change if you see it go down on any given day? Right, we asked how many people look daily and so on and so forth. But if you're a daily looker and you see it go down, what's the impact, right? And it was interesting, that conversation, the answer to that. And it, most people said, I would cut back. I feel like I have to cut back. I feel like I have. They don't necessarily do it. Right. 
but that but there's feeling, stress associated with there's it, a right? stress level that goes and then up. we said right. uh, we asked the question the opposite okay so when you see your portfolio go up by the same amount do you uh, increase your spending no no, no, no. no, no. Why would we do that? We don't do that. So the psychology is important, right? We, we talk about that behavioral finance a lot. Um, so how do you protect yourself, right? This it comes down to, so if this is the, ex, uh, the, the normal reaction, and I believe that to be the normal psychological reaction, particularly in retirement, when there's no new money coming in, right? You get this nervousness. Yeah, that's you're on a fixed income. Yeah, and it's way more pronounced on the downside than it is the euphoria that you get on the upside. How do we protect? How do you structure a portfolio to make sure you don't have that? Yeah, so the psychological piece of someone who's gone into retirement now living off their savings and knowing that there is no guaranteed future income coming from yep. employment, yep. that's the big risk. Um, the The drop in the market or anything like that causes them to think about all these spending issues and, and maybe a change in their lifestyle. So how do you fix this? There's three different groups I kind of want to address. What, the group that's already in retirement, right. they need to have an income bucket. And for those of uh, advisors or those do-it-yourselfers who've been saying, hey, just live off of dividends or you know, you can just the stock market will protect you forever, amen, are realizing that's not true. Well, okay, yeah. So an income bucket is very important. Yeah. Yeah, well, explain what that means, though. Okay, so you need to dedicate assets right. to give you the cash flow right. in a low-risk in investment, okay, outside of the stock market, right. that will provide you with the cash flow that you need over the next, we call it 10 years, because right. a 10-year time frame is a good good cash flow system. You can rely on that. It's a full cycle. And so when I was speaking, talking yep. to clients who are in the income bucket, I right. kept on telling them, you've got like 7, 8, 9, 10 years worth of cash flow. Don't worry about this type of a small drop we will take care of the growth bucket, which is the other side of the portfolio that needs to grow to replenish the income bucket. For those of you who are new to listen to us or have been listening to us and don't really kind of grasp that understanding between the two buckets, let me know. Send us a note at morethanmoneyradio.com. We will give you a complimentary copy of our book so you have a better understanding. We want to educate the people that this is very important. If you're within uh, less than 10 years away from retirement or already in retirement, that's a key thing. The second group we need to address mm -hmm. is the people who are already uh, who are, are approaching, approaching retirement. Approaching, yep. So now I'm in a full growth mentality. I want to see this thing go as high up as fast as possible without too much risk mm -hmm. or any risk. Mm -hmm. um, so what happens in these types of uh, uh, um, reversals or adjustments in the market? This is where diversification, five pillars, our investment strategy approach does pan out. People saw a 5 to 7% drop in the U.S. market. Our clients did not experience that 5 to 7% drop. Full stop. Right. Those who were in the growth bucket did not see that kind of a drop. And their income bucket wasn't affected. Their those income that bucket had, went Those up. that had it in, that's right. right. Now, what about the people who are greater than 10 years away from mm -hmm. retirement? There's a, there's a large listenership that we have sure. that are, I'm not 10 years away. I'm, right. I'm 30, I'm 40 years old, I got a long way to so go. So, me personally, mm -hmm. I love these types of days. Uh, these types of weeks, these types of volatility, because that's when the the mispricing happens in the market mm -hmm. and you start to look for opportunities. So this is an inventory review. I, I use the analogy of if you ha are in a shoe company and all the boxes in the warehouse fell because that fe because the market fell, um, what do you do? You relook at your inventory, keep what you need to keep, get rid of what you need to get rid of. And that's a this is a good time to relook at that. For whichever stage you're in, more importantly, those who are um, greater than 10 years, you've got time on your side, right. but make sure you're, you're positioned properly and get the advice. Right. Get so the and, advice. And we always say this when we go through uh, bouts of market volatility, it's got check time. Right, it's it's appropriate if you if you're uncomfortable, you need to go back to that 
strategy. You need to, if you're doing it yourself, you need to revisit that. If you're dealing with somebody, go back and ask and express how you're feeling about that, right? It's not just about the math. Yeah, it's emotions behind it too. That's right. And, and it's part art, as we say, and it's part math and science. And they're equally, part, they're equally important, although the emotion can drive really, really bad behavior Okay, at times when you shouldn't be doing certain things. We've all experienced that. You know somebody or some of you've been touched by it. Okay, so I want to mention that we do have a monthly seminar. Yep. We're holding it on Tuesday, October 23rd at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine, Spirits, and Beer. Now, normally we do this at 7 o'clock. Our 7 o'clock session has been booked full before we even got to talk to you guys today. And so we've opened up another session at 8.30 on the same day. You need to reserve your seat. They're filling up fast as well. Well, there's only about 10 seats left, Faisal. Yeah. yeah we haven't even looked at whoever's yeah. registered this uh, this morning and so forth. So uh, 8.30 p.m., Tuesday, October 23rd, Oak Ridge Co-op, Wine, Spirits, and Beer. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or go on our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. We're going to talk about this type of volatility, our economic expectations, the opportunities, and the risks that are out there, and how are you preparing yourself for your transition or living in retirement viewpoint when it comes to your portfolio and your lifestyle. These things are important. So please, we want to educate as many people as possible so they understand what's in front of them because the empowerment that you have from this kind of this kind of information will make sure that you have less stress in your life, better opportunities for the future. It's a good, it's a good time to come and, across. And listen, I want to just finish off by saying this is no obligation. This is an educational seminar. Absolutely. Right? There is nothing other than that. So feel free to join us. Uh, whether we ever work together or not is irrelevant to us. This is an educational seminar. Okay, we've got to wrap up this segment. Stay tuned after the break. We're going to hear about innovations and dementia research that's taking place here in Canada. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Uh, Faisal, there's uh, there's a lot of work being done around uh, dementia and cognitive abilities, and we've got a terrific guest uh, with us today, yeah. Dr. Howard Churko. He's a cognitive neurologist. He's also the new chair in cognitive neurology and innovation at the Baycrest Center in Toronto, and the Baycrest Center is doing some really interesting stuff, so I'm glad that we've got Dr. Churko here to talk to us. Uh, Dr. Jer- uh, Churko, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. So this is an area of importance to many, many people uh, because, you know, there's so many people and families touched by dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, I'd like you to maybe start by telling us a little bit about the new program at at Baycrest Center and and what you're doing and what you're finding. Well, people are very concerned, as you say, in their 40s or 50s, particularly they have a family history of someone getting Alzheimer's or dementia. People Mm -hmm. want to know what they can do, if anything, to prevent it. So we've, uh, we're opening a Kimmel Center, which is a center that will offer programs such as exercise for older people, uh, meditation, cognitive stimulation, dietary advice. But we're doing this not only to offer programs, but we're combining it with a research program to look into which combination of activities can actually help prevent dementia. We're going to tie this in with a, a national effort called the Canadian Consortium on Neurodegeneration and Aging, which involves centers across Canada, including uh, uh, Foothills in Calgary, where we're we're hoping to develop prevention programs and actually do the research necessary to determine what is the best combination that people around the world can do to prevent dementia. I like the sound of that. Um, There's a lot of research being done in this area. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the the, the Baycrest uh, Center 
is different from other programs and, you know, some of the different things that you're doing? Well, I'll tell you what we know and what we hope to learn. We know that, and this is for your listeners, that the most important things people can do to prevent dementia are uh, take care of your your heart if you have high blood pressure, look after diabetes, do get exercise and uh, uh, prevent uh, alcohol, sleeping pills, head injury, things that are bad for your brain. So anything that's good for your heart is good for your brain. We're already advising people to do that and advising them to have a diet which is low in red meat and, and sort of a Mediterranean diet. But beyond that, there, there's a possibility that very intense exercise might actually be better than regular exercise and that dietary supplements uh, of different sorts might be helpful. Electrical stimulation of the brain, cognitive training where you actually try and train your memory on the computer and other more intensive interventions may be additionally helpful and point is it's maybe we don't know for sure so Mm -hmm. rather than just saying we're going to offer these to people and maybe they help maybe they don't we're going to track what people do and which programs they get involved in and give people the option of getting involved in in certain things like medications as well if we think they're at high risk so it's a combination of offering what we know is helpful exercise diet mental activities and programs which may be additionally helpful in combination this might be an unfair question, but uh, I'm going to ask it, and you can certainly answer that, you know, we don't know. But in, in my family's particular case, my mother has uh, Alzheimer's, and my brother and I did some genetic testing. And what we found is um, my brother had a gene variant for Alzheimer's. I don't know what exactly that means, but I don't have that gene variant. I'm interested to know if you have an opinion or you can share any evidence to suggest that how important lifestyle choices versus genetics are in this area. But yeah, this is a really important question, and uh, this is a good example. We know statistically if you have a host family member with Alzheimer's, it doubles your risk of getting it. But that means going from 8% of the older population up to 16%. So still the odds are that you're not going to get it. There are a few genes which bring on Alzheimer's disease when you're young, but when people talk about Alzheimer's genes, usually they're talking about APOE, which is a risk gene. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. It just increases your risk, along with many other things in your life that may increase your risk. For example, I don't know if you're a boxer, but if you're getting repeated head injuries, that's increasing your risk. If you if you have high blood pressure, that's increasing your risk. And if you're if you're obese, I, I'm not looking at you right now. It's the radio, but if you're obese, I, we know that increases your risk. And other things which are surprising. If you're a man who's unmarried in middle middle age life, that increases your risk of getting dementia. On the other hand, there are many things that you probably do which which are protective. For example, education is protective. Intellectual stimulation, having a lot of friends is protective. So for every one of us, there's a combination of risk factors and protective factors which are are playing out. We think that the genetics maybe accounts for half of the risk of Alzheimer's, but your lifestyle and things that you do account for the other half. So it's like an equation with many variables. And for any individual person, it's a, a balance of what they're doing bad and what can be improved in their lifestyle. So, Dr. Cherko, I, I deal with Faisal every day. Some might call that academically interesting. I just call <laughs> it frustrating. What 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 does that do for my chance? Now that you know that there's some history in my family. You're in trouble. Well, 
you know, I'd have to take a, a detailed history to know what you're doing right and what you're what is wrong. You know, everything's wrong when is, it comes to Dave. Everything, <laughs> everything's wrong. Yeah. Well, stress. We we consider stress to be too much stress to be bad for your brain. And on the other hand, everybody lives with with some degree of stress. So, what's stressful for you might not be stressful for Dave. Uh, you know, sleep. We know people who aren't getting enough sleep mm-hmm. that increases your risk of getting Alzheimer's. And we're looking into treatments that we're going to do with people coming into the Kimmel Center, where we try to improve their sleep through different methods to see if that actually decreases their risk of, of getting cognitive decline and Alzheimer's in the future. So so right now there are about 15 or 20 things where through animal work or evidence or, or population studies, 15 or 20 things that might be helpful. You know, the top nine things may be the, the most important, you know, treating depression, blood pressure, getting more sleep, hearing loss. If we people have hearing loss, it can be corrected, but it reduces your chances of getting Alzheimer's disease. So our our task as a, at the Kimmel Center and in the as researchers across the country and around the world is try and work out now what is the combination of things that really makes a difference for people, whether they have uh, medium risk of, of dementia in their family or, or particularly if they have high risk for various factors. So, so this is our challenge as researchers in the coming years. The good thing is that, you know, they passed a, a national dementia strategy bill in Parliament last year, and we're hoping that there's going to be an infusion of funds for dementia research across the country in the coming year or two. So this is a now a political uh, uh, item. You, anyone who's talking to their MPs should be demanding that they, they fund more research into Alzheimer's disease, not just at the Kimmel Center at Baycrest, but at all the other centers across the country that are trying to develop these treatments. Mm-hmm. We've got time for one more question, and I apologize to all our listeners because I'm monopolizing this. It's becoming a self-diagnosis here, but I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I suffer from sleep apnea as well. So when you said sleep, I was very interested in that. I mean, sleep apnea affects me in a whole bunch of different ways, but I generally am not a good sleeper. So I'm curious as to the, you know, in a minute or less, the, the linkage. What, what should I be cognizant of and doing to improve my, uh, I guess, my, uh, my sleep experience to hopefully avoid, you know, the, the side effects of that? Well, sleep is sort of the new uh, frontier for dementia research. We know that when you're sleeping, your brain is clearing out the amyloid, which is maybe a critical factor mm-hmm. in Alzheimer's disease. So people with sleep apnea should be tested, and if they need a CPAP machine, they should try and get it. And improving your sleep is probably, aside from decreasing the stress in your life, improving your sleep is probably the number one thing you can do to prevent getting dementia and Alzheimer's in the future. So. You know, sleep apnea causes memory problems, and some people come into memory clinics think they're getting Alzheimer's. They're actually just having sleep apnea. So sleep apnea is reversible, is treatable, and you should try and take care of it. Well, I can tell you I'm 100% compliant. So anybody that's got it that doesn't treat it is uh, is just it's crazy in my opinion because it's, uh, it's so different um, getting proper sleep. We're going to have to leave it there, though, but I want to thank you very much, uh, Dr. Cherko, for taking some time to join us today. Delighted to be here. Have a great day. We've been uh, joined by Dr. Howard Churko. He's um, a cognitive neurologist, also the new chair in cognitive neurology and innovation at the Baycrest Center in Toronto. My friend, we're going to talk about the experience of uh, of retirement, and a good chunk of that can be health-related, isn't it? Yeah, more and more people are concerned about paying for health care down the road yeah. and while at the beginning enjoying their lifestyle, but understand that health is a concern. Now, here's something interesting, Dave. On Tuesday, October 23rd, 
7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine, Spirits, and Beer. We have our, our seminar every month like we do mm-hmm. uh, with, with uh, Co-op. However, our 7 p.m. session is full. Right. So we opened up a second session at 8.30, and that's filling up fast. So if you would like to have a seat at our, our presentation, come, uh, uh, come to our 8.30 session. You can uh, sign up by going uh, to our online uh, registration at morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can uh, call in at 403-966-8400. That's 403-966-8400. Okay, let me remind you that uh, as we wrap up this show, any of our segments today or past segments, you can access on morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can have them directly delivered to you by searching for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.